Chapter 5 of the Hollow Tree Snowden Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Dane Smitley. The Hollow Tree Snowden Book by Albert Bigelow Payne. Chapter 5 The Widow Crow's Boarding House. Early Doings of the Hollow Tree People and How They Found a Home. Anybody can tell by her face that the little lady has some plans of her own when the storyteller is ready next evening to sit by the fire and spin. I want you to tell me, she says, climbing up into her place, how the coon and possum and the old black crow ever got to living together in the hollow tree. That frightens the storyteller. He is already with something different. Good gracious, he says. That is an old story that all the deep woods people have known ever so long. But I don't know it, says the little lady, and I'd like to know that before you tell anything else. Rock and tell it. So the storyteller rocks slowly and smokes and almost forgets the little lady in remembering that faraway time, and presently he begins. Well, it was all so long ago that perhaps I can't remember it very well. Mr. Possum was a young man in those days, a nice spry young fellow, and he used to think it was a good deal of fun to let Mr. Dog, who wasn't friendly then, of course, try to catch him. And when Mr. Dog would get pretty close and come panting up behind him, Mr. Possum would scramble up a tree and run out onto the longest limb and swing from it, head down, and laugh, and say, "'Come right up, Mr. Dog!' Always at home to you, Mr. Dog. Don't stop to knock. And then Mr. Dog would race around the tree and make a great to-do, and sometimes Mr. Possum would swing back and forth, and pretty soon give a great big swing and let go, and Mr. Dog would think surely he had him then, and bark and run to the place where he thought he was going to drop. Only Mr. Possum didn't drop. Not far for he had his limb all picked out, and he would catch it with his tail as he went by, and it would bend and sway with him, and he would laugh and call again, Don't go, Mr. Dog. Mr. Man can get up the cows alone tonight. And then Mr. Dog would remember that he was a good ways from home, and that if he wasn't there in time to help Mr. Man get the cows, there might be trouble and he would set out lickety-split for home, with Mr. Possum calling to him as he ran. But one time Mr. Possum made a mistake. He didn't know it, but he was getting older and a good deal fatter than he had been at first. And when he swung out for another limb that way and let go, he missed the limb and came clattering down right in front of Mr. Dog. He wasn't hurt much, for the ground was soft and there was a nice thick bed of leaves, but I tell you, he was scared, and when Mr. Dog jumped right on top of him and grabbed him, he gave himself up for lost, sure enough. But Mr. Possum is smart in some ways, and he knows how to play dead better than any other animal there is. He knew that Mr. Dog would want to show him to Mr. Man, and that he was too heavy for Mr. Dog to carry. He had thought about all that and decided what to do just in that little second between the limb and the ground, for Mr. Possum can think quick enough when anything like that happens. So when he struck the ground, he just gave one little kick with his hind foot and a kind of sigh as if he was drawing his last breath. 
and laid there, and even when Mr. Dog grabbed him and shook him, he never let on, but acted almost deader than if he had been really dead, and no mistake. Then Mr. Dog stood with his paws out and his nose down close, listening and barking once in a while, and thinking maybe he would come too pretty soon. But Mr. Possum still never let on, or breathed the least little bit, and directly Mr. Dog started to drag him toward Mr. Man's house. That was a hard job, and every little way Mr. Dog would stop and shake Mr. Possum and bark, and listen to see if he was really dead. And after a while, he decided that he was, and started to get Mr. Man to come and fetch Mr. Possum home. But he only went a few steps the first time, and just as Mr. Possum was about to jump up and run, he came hurrying back and stood over him and barked and barked as loud as he could for Mr. Man to come and see what he had for him. But Mr. Man was too far away, and even if he heard Mr. Dog, he didn't think it worthwhile to come. So then Mr. Dog tried to get Mr. Possum on his shoulder to carry him that way. But Mr. Possum made himself so limp and loose and heavy that every time Mr. Dog would get him nearly up, he would slide off again and fall in a heap on the leaves. And Mr. Dog couldn't help believing that he was dead to see him lying there all doubled up just as he happened to drop. So then, by and by, Mr. Dog really did start for Mr. Man's, and Mr. Possum lay still and just opened one eye the least little bit to see how far Mr. Dog had gone. And when he had gone far enough, Mr. Possum jumped up as quick as a wink and scampered up a tree and ran out on a limb and swung with his head down and called out, Don't go away, Mr. Dog! We've had such a nice visit together. Don't go off mad, Mr. Dog! Come back and stay until the cows come home. And then Mr. Dog was mad, I tell you, and told him what he'd do next time. And he set out for home as fast as he could travel, and went in the back way and hid, for Mr. Man was already getting the cows up when he got there. Well, Mr. Possum didn't try that swinging trick on Mr. Dog anymore. He found out that it was dangerous the way he was getting, and that made him think he ought to change his habits in other ways, too. For one thing, he decided he ought to have some regular place to stay, where he could eat and sleep and feel at home, instead of just traveling about and putting up for the night wherever he happened to be. Mr. Possum was always quite stylish, too and had a good many nice clothes, and it wasn't good for them to be packed about all the time, and once some of his best things got rained on, and he had to sleep on them for a long time to get them pressed out smooth again. So Mr. Possum made up his mind to find a home. He was an old bachelor, and never wanted to be anything else, because he liked to have his own way, and go out all times of the night, and sleep late if he wanted to. So he made up his mind to look for a good place to board, some place that would be like a home to him, perhaps in a private family. One day, when he was walking through the woods, thinking about it and wondering how he ought to begin to find a place like that, he met Mr. Z. Coon, who was one of his oldest friends in the big deep woods. They had often been hunting together, especially nights, for Mr. Coon and Mr. Possum always liked that time best for hunting, and have better luck in the dark than any other time. 
Mr. Coon had had his troubles with Mr. Dog, too, and had come very near getting caught one night, when Mr. Man and some of his friends were out with Mr. Dog and his relatives and several guns, looking for a good Sunday dinner. Mr. Coon would have got caught that time, only when Mr. Man cut the tree down that he was in, he gave a big jump as the tree was falling, and landed in another tree, and then ran out on a limb and jumped to another tree that wasn't so far away, and then to another, so that Mr. Man and his friends and all the dog family lost track of him entirely. But Mr. Coon was tired of that kind of thing, too, and wanted some place where he could be comfortable, and where he could lock the door nights and feel safe. Mr. Coon was a bachelor, like Mr. Possum, though he had once been disappointed in love, and told about it sometimes, and looked sad, and even shed tears. So when he met Mr. Possum that day, they walked along and talked about finding a place to live. And just as they were wondering what they ought to do, they happened to notice, right in front of them, a little piece of birch bark tacked up on a tree. And when they read it, it said, Mrs. Widow Crow will take a few guests. Single gentlemen preferred. Pleasant location near racetrack. Then Mr. Possum scratched his head and tried to think. And Mr. Coon scratched his head and tried to think. And pretty soon, Mr. Coon said, Oh, yes, I know about that. That's Mr. Crow's mother-in-law. He had a wife until last year, and his mother-in-law used to live with them. I believe she was pretty cross, but I've heard Mr. Crow say that she was a good cook, and that he had learned to cook a great many things himself. I heard some time ago that she had moved over by the racetrack, and perhaps Mr. Crow is boarding with her. Let's go over and see. So away they went, saying how nice it would be to be really settled, and pretty soon they got over to Mrs. Widow Crow's, and there, sure enough, they saw Mr. Crow out in the yard, cutting wood for his mother-in-law. And when they asked him about the advertisement, he said he was helping her to get started, and she had two nice rooms, and that Mr. Possum and Mr. Coon would be just the ones to fill them. So they went right in and saw Mrs. Widow Crow about it, and by night they had their things moved, and were all settled, and Widow Crow got a nice supper for them, and Mr. Crow helped her, and worked as hard as if he were a hired man instead of a boarder like the others, which he was, because he paid for his room as much as anybody and got scolded besides when he didn't do things to suit his mother-in-law. End of chapter 5